0: Yes.
1: Stop them three yes!
0: the high schools.
1: Also's gonna take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone.
0: If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. It's the full court press with Eric Franson. 1069 FM 1390 AM. The fan.
2: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson with you here on the
3: Full Court Press. My friend Tyler Baldwin hanging out as well. How are you, Tyler? Oh, it's it's a good good day today. National Donut Day today, Eric. So <laughs> so that's always a that's always fun good. time when there's uh, extra donuts in the office. That's always a good oh, thing. The Johnny O when I walked in was just nothing better. Nothing better than, <laughs> than the, walking in. Why into are that. you
2: tempting me? That's not fair. I know. Seriously. I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> so a lot to get through today. Uh, recapping Game One in the NBA Finals. Did it go as you thought it was going to go? Uh, certainly not as the odds makers thought it was going to go. And uh, how much does that tell us about how this series might play out? Has it changed your perception of uh, what you thought the NBA Finals might look like? Also, a new head coach for the Mountain Crest Mustangs, Ryan Visser. Uh, he'll be joining us here uh, in studio a little bit later on in the program. Excited to hear from him like where, what his background is. Of what he what his plans are for Mountain Crest in the future. Very proud program uh, for the Mustangs. So excited to have him in the studio. That'll be fun. Uh, Athlon Sports has put together their all Mountain West conference team, and who you know what Aggies made the list. Are we surprised by some of them? Where they landed, and any notable exclusions or anything like that. So we'll look at that, um, and then. Also, kind of a cool local story, Tyler, that you've uncovered. Uh, that involves some uh, some shooting, some sport. It's a sh- it's a sport. Yeah, and there's uh, some locals involved that are doing some pretty cool things.
3: Yeah, um, Scholastic Sporting Clays or Scholastic um, Shooting Club, um, located out at the the Hunter's Education Building, ran by the um, Department of Natural Resources. So that's a Utah-owned shooting range out right out here on the fr- highway. Um, they just got done with the Utah Open down at Wasatch Wing and Clay in Cedar Fort, Utah, um, and and they had a lot of trophies bring, brought back to Cache Valley. Um, Lexi Thompson brought back high overall um, female. Um, that's her fifth straight year. Um, so so, congrats to her. Also, Lexi Thompson um, took state team ladies captain with 93%. Um, and Eric, I don't know if you know this or not, but that means that she had not only the highest score of this shoot, but she also had the highest average of all the shoots the entire year um, that was associated with the state of Utah. So, um, And then also, Andrew Wright took the state team men's captain at a 94%. Um, and then Hannah Polsifer, um took the second place um, ladies team and and they they did amazing down there and then another cool thing about the Scholastic shooting club down there on the freeway um, they have a full team going to San Antonio where San Antonio excuse me where the nationals are going to be held the 16th to the 18th of June and Very cool yeah so the senior team five people, Um, Lexi Thompson, Wyatt Colum, Hannah Pulsifer, Andrew Wright, and Mike Wyatt, and they are going to go down there as an entire team representing not only Cache Valley, but the entire state of Utah, and it will, it'll be a lot of fun for them down there, and, and wishing them luck as they travel down there and, and represent us, and congratulations to them on an amazing year at the state, and good luck at the national level. So, is this mostly trap shooting? Is it, uh, different,
2: uh, Types of uh, events that they participate in. Yeah, you know how so that works.
3: so the, it's all shotgun, but they do three at uh, this past shoot. They did 300 trap, 100 sporting clays, 100 skeet, and 100 doubles trap. And uh, Eric, I don't know if you're much for good aim but but that's a lot of shooting in in the period of four days um even with as nice as of equipment as they have it's it's a lot of mental and physical toughness that has to be displayed by these amazing athletes um when they go out to to compete so so again congrats to them and good luck at the national level
2: yeah, that's awesome. And uh, that's they're, so they're heading of the San Antonio win. Um the sixteenth
3: to the eighteenth of June. Let's oh, see. Is okay. that so next week? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yep, two oh, weeks. That's awesome. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And then, you know, they they involve a lot of people. They do a lot of fundraisers down there at the at the club and you know, if you want to get involved, you can go down there to the shooting range and look for Jeff. And he's a great coach and he's obviously trained some amazing athletes. So Very cool. That's
2: awesome. We always love to highlight When uh, locals are off onto a national competition in some form or another. We had the club baseball team at nationals, the USU, um, the uh, men's ultimate frisbee was at a national competition here recently. So uh, just add to the list of others from around here going on a national stage. Yeah,
3: Cache Valley is very well represented and and we are... Uh, You know, I was talking to somebody else today in preparation, and they were saying sometimes they get nervous about, not from Cache Valley, this guy's from Salt Lake, but he was saying that sometimes he gets nervous with these athletes going out, you know, he just doesn't know at a national level, how they're going to represent, right, his hometown. And I think we're very fortunate in Cache Valley to have some um, very not only accomplished athletes represent us, but um, very uh, very accomplished people off their field of, of comp- wherever they compete, um, whether that be the shooting range or the football field. We're very well represented in Cache Valley for sure. That's awesome.
2: So best of luck to them uh, in coming up in two weeks down in uh, San Antonio. So very cool. So last night we were treated, and I I think it was a treat. Game one of the NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors. Um, Like I'm not gonna say I told you so, but (laughs) I I saw that Boston was. I had a feeling that Boston would be more competitive than some people were giving them credit for, and it was a different Boston team than we've seen because. In the Milwaukee series and in the uh, Miami series, midway through the third quarter, Boston down by double digits, they wouldn't close those games out. Uh, they'd wave the white flag, fold up their tent, and say, well, it's a long series. We'll come back for the next one. But last night, totally different situation for Boston.
3: Yeah, they uh, – I. oh, my – I couldn't believe it. I, I turned to a different channel about um, – Probably about halfway through the third. No, towards the end of the third. It might have been on the break, but then I flipped back and and uh, about four forty-nine, four fifty, somewhere in there. And next thing I know, they're leading by like six points after being down by five, only two minute, three minutes earlier. And uh, yeah, I couldn't couldn't believe it. I was following it on Twitter while I was watching some other. Um, TV shows, and I was just like, oh, man, I better get that back on. Twenty, Did you see the streak that they went on, Eric? Oh, it was unreal. Yeah. It, it was unreal. And Golden State just could not stop it. And
2: that's what I think surprised me the most is that they kept laying off uh, the three-point line. They wouldn't challenge them at the three. And Wright was hitting threes. Horford's hitting threes. And they just continued to just, uh, these will stop falling at some point. And they didn't. Boston just kept going in rhythm and had confidence, and Golden State just
3: couldn't stop them. Do you think – well, so you just said confidence. I Do you think that Golden State walked in with a little too much confidence? Prime example here, um, Steph Curry 9-15 in the first, so not much time has passed. Steph Curry passes to Klay Thompson, and he just turns around and starts running the other direction, knew, knowing it was going to go in. Um, Luckily, it did fall, and they didn't need anybody to rebound. But do you think that was a display of of too much confidence on the Golden State Warriors team last night? Uh, Fair question. I mean, this is a team that had rolled through uh, their
2: series. I mean, Memphis pushed them a little bit, but they rolled through Denver. They rolled through Dallas. uh, They had extra time to to rest and get ready. They were the favorite team, and odds were on Golden State. Um, I think that they... It appeared that they didn't quite take Boston as seriously as they needed to, and I think Boston looked—they're a physical, aggressive, defensive team, and I think maybe part of it too was Golden State was expecting to get more whistles than they than they didn't get.
3: Right. And, and did you know that um, last night Golden State actually had more possessions than Boston did? So Golden State had 94 possessions, Boston only had 93, which you know isn't isn't a crazy difference right but but you know that stretch where they had seven possessions and 20 20 points seven possessions I mean that is that is unheard of and and it's one of the best I think top five quarters that Boston has had this year and I just you know it's it's crazy that they had less possessions they were able to make things happen Golden State's front court couldn't perform they they didn't show up to they didn't show up to the battle and uh I think it really showed there towards the end. Uh, chew
2: on this. Uh, I know it's not a Tuesday, but this is an interesting stat.
3: <laughs> okay,
2: the Celtics are the first team in NBA history to win a Finals game by double digits after trailing by double digits entering the fourth quarter. That just illustrates just how on fire they were last night, outscoring Golden State forty to fifteen or forty to sixteen in that fourth. And uh, there was a stretch. Uh, I went back and saw the video today. It's about the 7-minute seven mark, 7.15, 7.30, somewhere around there. Um, Boston was making its run. They were still trailing, but they were making their run, and it was a close game. And Golden State was running around trying to defend, and then uh, White hits a three and ties the game. And when that ball goes through the hoop, you can see – all five Golden State players that are in frame, right around the key, ready to get a rebound, and it's just like a collective shoulder collapse. Like, oh my gosh, we can't right. stop these guys. And that's really when it was like it was done.
3: Yeah, and I I don't think Golden State is used to that. You know, I, uh, Golden State has, um, you know, they're in the finals for a reason. They're a very very good basketball team, with with probably the best players in the NBA, with some of the best NBA players um to to be playing right now and I think um I just don't know if Golden State has ever been challenged enough to test their mental um toughness if that makes sense and and you know they play a lot of games so I'm not saying they're not mentally tough at all. that's not what I'm saying they they're definitely, you know they've gotten to where they they are, you know those those individuals but um have they been tested as a team? for for the mental toughness side of things, I don't know. So so I would agree with you. I was watching that and I just don't know if if they've been pushed enough to uh to really be tested as a team. Well
2: um I mean certainly they've they're experienced in the NBA finals. Uh they were pushed by LeBron James and his Cleveland Cavaliers. Um but I think that they were pushed pretty uh, pretty well a- against Memphis. I think Memphis was probably a really good, should have been a good tune-up and awakening for them as to what they could expect in the in this Boston series. But um, yeah, I just it feels like this is a Boston team that's been a little bit more battle-tested, uh, has gone through more of the ringer to get to this point than Golden State has. So here's a question: I know one game a series does not make, but After last night, how has your your thought about this series and how it might play out, how much has it changed? Has it changed a lot? Has it changed a little or none at all? Are you still saying what I thought before remains the same despite what happened in game one because it's still the first team to win four games?
3: I think uh, I'm changing it just a little bit. I thought um, the Warriors – would wipe the floor i just you know that a lot of people thought that i thought golden State and probably five um but here's an interesting fact for you well and i kind of talked about this earlier but this will answer your question boston's fifth best effective field goal percentage in any quarter this season happened in game one and i don't know if that's a sign of maybe they got a little bit lucky maybe some shots were falling that don't normally fall um but I think if if that's what's coming down the pipe, I think Golden State is going to be pushed pretty hard, and I think the I think Boston's going to give them a pretty good run for their money. Uh, going to our text line if you want to weigh in, if you
2: want to share your predictions, if they've changed or your reactions to that game last night four three five three three nine zero three two one on the Twitter Captain EO Captain EO one I should say make it I got to make it right. Uh, says dubs in six. So he's still sticking with Golden State. Um, okay. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm I'm st- still going to go with uh, Boston in seven. Okay. Stealing game one is, is big, winning a game on the road is big. But Golden State's still a very experienced team, and uh, they won't have very many other games like that that'll be easy for them to steal. Right. The uh, best game to steal is is the first one but draymond green was awful last night um he just really didn't provide a lot of offense only four points he had six uh well he fouled out of the game um but um i mean he still doing some other things to help pool struggled uh in the moment in 25 minutes of play only had uh, nine points he was a minus 19 off the bench But um, there were a lot of people during the game on on Twitter and on social media really bagging on uh, Jason Tatum last night. He only scored 12 points. But I was super impressed with his play. He didn't score a lot, but he brought the ball across half court, brought the ball up the court almost every time in in that uh, second half, especially during that run, and was a big facilitator. Didn't always get a lot of assists. Um, for some of the things he did because he set other things up. He did end up with 13 assists. But uh, I was really surprised to go back and watch and, and see some of the uh, the criticism that was flying around about Jason Tatum and his play. Because if you just only look at the stats, only look at the box score, it doesn't look like he had a very good day. But he was
3: really impactful. I I, I think there's sometimes people get so caught up in what you put on the board, they don't pay attention to to what you put on the floor, right? So um, I th- I think you're right. I think there's a lot of things that he didn't necessarily – didn't go in the box score, right? But even being a leader on the court, bringing the ball down, um, you know, trying to keep his team um, focused and, and whatnot will – I think that had a big impact on the game last night. One thing, and I I saw this on Twitter a couple times yesterday, and I can't seem to find it right now. But did you hear the rumor of the Golden State Warriors complaining of the position of the pregame broadcast last night?
2: No, I heard that.
3: Yeah, so I heard. I was seeing on Twitter that there that Golden State has made a complaint to the NBA because the. The pre-show wasn't on center court like it normally is and it was further towards the golden state side and they said it was casting shadows preventing them from warming up correctly and that when they go to boston that the pre-game show better be more on boston's court than it is on their court (laughs) uh
2: that's funny yeah i hadn't seen that
3: i hadn't seen that yeah i saw that yesterday and one tweet this morning and I was like holy smokes okay that's that's one thing to to complain about I guess Four three five three three nine zero three two one. if you want
2: to continue to chime in about uh, your reactions to game one last night between Boston and Golden State uh, we're going to take a quick time out here on the full court press and when we want to come back a conversation with the new head coach for the Mountain Crest Mustangs coach Ryan Visser uh, coming back to Cache Valley so we'll tell you what his roots ha- are and what his plans for the future might be for the Mountain Crest Mustangs. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press.
0: Happy Father's Day for Birch Creek Golf Course. For Dad this Father's Day, choose Birch Creek. Our 10 nine-hole punch passes are on sale, or get Dad a gift certificate that can be used for golf or golf lessons from our PGA teaching staff visit our virtual pro shop at birchcreekgolf.com for dad this father's day and have your purchase mailed to you or dad so for dad this father's day i invite you
1: to choose birch creek golf course in smithfield Here's Chad Norton, the Lawn Doctor, with a tip for your lawn. The way you water your lawn makes a big difference.
2: Water restrictions and water costs have both increased over the years. Lawn Doctor is excited to introduce a new service that keeps your lawn green and healthy while watering less. One application of our new HydroGuard
1: service reduces your water frequency by up to one day a week, saving you water and money. Watering help, fertilizer, weed, and pest control. Call Chad Norton, the Lawn Doctor, at 753-LAWN. Follow them on Facebook or go to LawnDoctorCashValley.com. Hi, this is James Stevens and Mark Thurston with White Pine Funeral Services. Here at White Pine, we
2: want to invite those who have been affected by the alleged mishandling of pre-need funeral money to contact us.
1: We are saddened by what took place, and we want to help those who lost money by offering our professional services to you at no cost. Stop by and see us or visit WhitePineFunerals.com for more information. White Pine Funeral Services.
2: Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com.
1: Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Are you a do-it-yourselfer? Have you been looking at that boring blah wall in your home for far too long? You need to check out the Speedy Mason Thin Brick System at Castellite in Logan. It's a simple system that anybody can do to make a blah wall into a beautiful focal point. Refresh your home with some very affordable options at Castellite for brick, block, rock, paper, and tile. Go where the pros go, online at castellite.com.
0: The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
2: Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Uh, just a reminder about our friends over at uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main and Logan. Get your vehicle back on the road quickly. They're clean, fast, friendly, and they're open on Sundays. So if that's the best day for you uh, where you've got the available time, they can take care of you on Sundays as well. 695 North Main in Logan.
3: Did you know you don't even have to get out of your car when you go there? I did not know that. Yeah, you just sit in your car. You just pull in. They do it all for you. 15 minutes, you're gone. Nice. I know. Excellent. Anyway, sorry.
2: Uh, switching gears from basketball <laughs> and uh, target shooting to to high school football now, uh, the Mountain Crest Mustangs have a, a rich history, right? They've had multiple appearances in state championships. Um, they've uh, always been competitive in the region and uh, s- struggled a little bit as of late, but trying to get back on that same plateau where they were before and be competitive in Region 11 – and so there's been a coaching change. Ryan Visser is the new head coach. And uh, Fort Mountain Crest, he joins us now in studio.
4: Coach, thanks for coming down. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. And, you know, I was enjoying the uh, the basketball conversation. I uh, I was traveling. My family and I went down to Zions. And uh, last I saw, Golden State was just Roughshaw, Boston. Then I went out of service and came back, and Boston was up by like fifteen. I was like, "What in the world?" Just happened? <laughs> but uh, I think it's gonna be a good series. So, anyways, enjoyed your guys' conversation about that.
2: <laughs> so, um, you are a native of Cache Valley. Yep. But your your well, most it's... recent coaching has not been around here, close to home.
4: Nope. Uh, I grew up in Preston, so obviously just north um, in Idaho. And yeah, obviously you have always known the Cache Valley schools very well. Me and my wife are from Preston. We both went to Utah State, we're both Aggies. Um, So yeah, we know the Valley very, very well and love it. Um, Yeah, I've been over on an adventure the last few years. Been over in Wyoming the last uh, three years as a head coach over there in a really small place called Big Piney, which is about three hours away from everything, (laughs) like most of Wyoming. But uh, yeah, uh, this opened up, and we we cannot resist the opportunity to come back to Cache Valley.
3: You know, I well, first off, I, is Preston considered Cache Valley? Well, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, in the same yeah, valley. Absolutely, <laughs> is that considered Cache Valley? I've always been kind of confused about that. But anyway, Coach, you're walking into a program that uh, last year took two and nine last year overall, and then one and four in region, taking fifth place, beating only Box Elder and bear river i guess my question is with that obviously there's a lot of turnaround that has to happen where where do you even start with that or, or what past experiences do you might have to uh that that you're confident that you can pro- turn this program around
4: well um as was mentioned Mount mountcrest has quite the history of football so it's not like it's a, a form concept to the to the school and the kids there right now are a great group of kids um obviously i need to finish uh my my teaching up in in Wyoming the last you know month and a half and the kids have been awesome you know running their own workouts basically player-led workouts and uh we've had about 80 kids showing up and the culture there is pretty strong which quite frankly you know I gotta give these kids a ton of credit they've been through a lot you know I'm gonna be the third coach in three years and that's a lot so these seniors and juniors you know, I told them, hey guys, don't don't trust me, but give me the opportunity to gain your trust, and they've been awesome. So the work ethics there, and uh, we're gonna, I think, turn some heads. There there's some talent.
2: Now, when you were at Big Piney uh, doing some research and getting a, some information on your background, it looked like it was a situation where it was a, a, a smaller school, yep. challenges with filling a roster properly, and they made yep. a decision to go down to nine man football. How much did that factored into your decision to to pursue another opportunity you know
4: not a lot i've every year i've just been looking and i've been honestly very patient on yeah the kind of the next stop and again we've always wanted to make it back to cash valley so when this opened up we we jumped at it but no you you bring up a good point i i I think small town call uh high school coaches are are some of the best because man you got to get creative and every year, you're basically rewriting the, the the playbook and really working with the the talent and the athletes you have, and uh, it's challenging, but it's it's a fun uh, level of, of football, and you obviously get to know the kids very well. And you know, Big Piney is a it's a gas and oil town, so it's it's kind of a boomer bust kind of town. And uh, yeah, we've lost about forty kids enrollment almost every year that have been there. So it's 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 definitely the uh, the bust at the moment.
2: Wow. So when And uh, one of the other things that I saw is that you, despite that, you had successful runs. Uh, You had a successful season in 19. You had some injuries in 20, it looks like, but you were able to rebound. Uh, It's kind of a a rough start to the 21, but then finished strong. And so some of those lessons learned there, being a head coach in that kind of a circumstance, how does it help prepare you to... Kind of take up, move things to a higher level at the school like Mountain Crest in a region like Region Eleven.
4: Well, I'm, I'm sure every coach will tell you they've they've learned a ton these last few years of COVID and just all sorts of stuff that we've never never faced and and whatnot. But no, uh, great group of kids at Big Piney, great coaching staff. I loved it, and yeah, we we definitely we built the culture that we wanted the right way, and uh, it's it was obviously we're going down the nine man. It was the smallest two A basically in in the state. And, you know, having three winning records in three years is, I feel like, a good accomplishment for the kids. And making the playoffs and and uh, making some noise, it was awesome. It's, it's the best three-year run that Big Piney's had in 20 years. We beat a couple rivals in Cokeville and Mountain View that we hadn't beat in a decade plus. And so, yeah, the kids, the, they put in the work and, and saw some of the rewards. And, you know, translating to Mountain Crest, you know, football's football. If, again, if you can coach, I feel like at a small high school and get your culture built the right way and your message and have the, the player led f- buy-in, you know, you just add in a, a JV and freshman, which is awesome. I can't wait, but it's just more, uh, more bodies. Uh, I think the biggest challenge is making sure that your message is clear all the way across uh, with your assistants, making sure that you guys are all on the same page. You guys are all on, on the, on the same message. And then delivering that to your leaders and uh, spilling it throughout the uh, the locker room. I feel like the most successful teams are always player-led. So, honestly, just because you have more kids, that just means the challenge is getting your message to all those kids a little bit more clear.
3: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. And, uh, you know, you have 20, at least that were on the roster last year, 27 yep. incoming seniors. Yep. Um, and I don't know, you know, one question that I have for you, Coach, is When someone local is hired, it's always kind of interesting to see, Okay, are they going to pull some of their friends they played in high school with, or former assistants, or um, whatever it is. Are you planning on keeping some assistance from Mountain Crest, or are you kind of bringing everybody new blood in?
4: No, that's a great question. I told the administration my, my job is to get the best coaches for these kids that I could possibly find. And that might not be fast, but it's going to be the right way and get guys that, again, want to buy into kind of the, the vision that I have. So to answer your question, we've kind of gone pretty new. Um, a lot of those guys that I'm bringing in are Mountain Crest alum. Um, Mountain Crest was, was dang good, as you guys said, when I was in high school in, in Preston, and some of those guys are my age that I played against that were part of that uh, a couple of really good teams with uh, Alex Caressa and that group. So we got some guys around that age and my age that are coming in. So we got some MC alum. But, yeah, we're we're kind of short on the experience for a lot of my staff, but uh, they bring a lot of passion and excitement for the kids and, again, fit the mold and the the vision that I want. So we're not completely full yet staff-wise. I've got about 10 hired. We're hoping to get a couple more. Again, taking our time, though, and really going through the process of getting the right guys. Ryan Vester, the head coach uh,
2: for the Mountain Crest Mustangs, and uh, arriving in, in Hiram, putting a staff together, figuring out what his team looks like. So are you uh, – usually you'll find a coach who um, focuses or has more strengths in one particular area over another, whether that's offense or defense. What's your background like, and then who do you have to kind of fill in those gaps that you may be missing
4: Yeah. Uh, again, kind of my background a little bit. I coached at Preston for six years as an assistant. And I really got to thank you know, I, I coached under three different head coaches in the, that time. And all of them had strengths and weaknesses, obviously, that I took stuff from that I enjoyed. And also, I really appreciate those three men because uh, I told them basically, like, I'd like to coach everything. And I did. I went from, you know, a freshman assistant coach to, you know, varsity defensive coordinator and everything in between. And so I've I've got a lot of experience on all sides of the ball. I'm, I really am, and my wife will uh, attest to this. I'm a football junkie. Like it's just <laughs> I love it. So I just wanted to learn the game as best I could. So I've called both sides, and and special teams. So the biggest thing is again the right fit for our team and our kids. So once the staff is completely done, we've kind of just looked around and okay, like who fits where. Uh, my biggest focus has been getting position coaches and then worrying about the coordinating stuff. Um, uh, you know, later on. We still got time. I know it's it's fast approaching, but again it's in my opinion better to be a little late and getting everything finalized, you know, end of June than jumping the, the the gun and putting the staff together and giving job responsibilities and then, you know, after the third game being like, You know what? I don't I don't think this is gonna work out. So we're gonna hold up on that. Um as far as my preference, I love offense. um uh, I think that's always fun to to kind of play the game with the defense and uh, put the the ball into your best athletes. That's always a, a really fun part. And, you know, everyone's got different philosophies. For me, offensive coordinator is much more of a kind of a feel. You either kind of got a feel for the game and can call the plays or you don't. Whereas defensive coordinator, I feel like a lot of that is putting in the work in the week and uh, putting, being able to grind. So they're different. And so, once the staffs completely uh, finalized, we'll kind of look around at what the strengths of everyone and who can fit where.
3: Coach, you know you have a very
4: very tough region you're walking yeah. into.
3: Region 11 um, is well represented on on multiple and throughout multiple sports um, at the state level. Granted, there's not that many, very many um, teams in 4A, but. Um, We're always within, you know, there's always, Eric, and you know this as well as anybody. It always seems like we're the Valley teams are right up there in the quarterfinals, semifinals, quarterfinals, championships. Um, You know, so you're obviously walking into a very big region, very, very good region. What is your, um, do you take that into consideration at all? As you, A, started to look for the position, and B, um, as you start to train some of these athletes, are you more just like have the attitude of this is my program and we'll see how
4: the chips fall? Cache Valley uh, athletes have always been awesome. And, again, growing up in Preston, Mountain Crest was always kind of the top of that. You know, before Ridgeline and and Green Canyon came around, uh, Mountain Crest kind of owned the conference for quite a while, especially when Logan was a different classification there for a while. So you know it's it's cool to me, you know, growing up in Preston, our biggest rival was Pocatello, which was an hour away and even though it was like a big rival game, like you don't know those guys very well, you know here all these guys run to each other everywhere um you know, it wasn't very long ago, obviously, it's still fresh in everyone's mind, you know when Ridgeline uh, was built um uh, I know that rivalry was pretty intense for a few years, and it still is um so no, we don't shy away from that the competition's there and and to be blunt. You know, every two years they reclassify, and so, no, that was not a, a, th- a thought at all. I've already heard rumbles that there's going to be quite the shakeup next year with 4A. So, and and to be honest, I think this valley will always be competitive no matter how many 4As you throw in there. It's just really good football is played here, so we're going to embrace that. Um, you got to play them sooner or later. Might as well play them five miles down the road than, you know, across the state. So, no, we're excited and and uh, ready to get after it.
3: Have you got your schedule
4: set for this year or when's your when and where and against who is your first game? Ah, uh, I love it. We are down in Hurricane or Hurricane, wherever you however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> uh we're down in Hurricane August 12th. So it's going to be a little warm. So uh you know we've already got it circled and got the boys excited to uh go on a our one road trip of the the season. <laughs> we'll get a, a hotel the night before and, and make it a, an actual trip that they can enjoy and and set the kind of the precedent for the rest of the season.
2: That's awesome. Coach, how would you describe your offensive and defensive philosophy uh, whether it's I'm not asking you to reveal secrets yep, yep. that other coaches might try to pick from but generally you know whether it's a 4-3-4 four, four defense, 4-3 four, defense, uh, is it a spread offense? You know, generally, how would you describe kind of what you're looking for? Or does it depend really on who you have available to to execute?
4: Yeah, you nailed it there at the end. A little coach talk here, right? My job as a coach is simply to put our kids in the best position to win, and that means utilizing whatever their skills are. Um, This isn't college where we can recruit. This isn't the pros where obviously you can draft. We got to take our kids and say, okay, what are they good at and how can we be the most successful this season? Now – some coaches, like, have a philosophy of, like, hey, we are, like you said, a 3-4, 4-3, or, you know, wing tee or spread, or whatever. And they try and fit all the kids into that. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. My philosophy really is to tweak it based on the kids we have. With that, I do have some philosophies that I am I always want our teams to play with. On offense, it's, it's to be dynamic, to attack. You know, the passive will not exist in our system. We want to make the defense worry about the entire field. Um, so with that, it usually lends itself to more of a spread, RPO kind of attack. But again, if we don't got the dudes to do it, we're not going to do it. Defensively, again, uh, the word passive will not exist. Attack, it's it's about being aggressive. I, I never want defense to be reactive. Um, I want the offense to worry about some of the stuff we're up to as well. So no matter what we end up running, offense or defense, we're going to attack and be aggressive. We're going to be sound in our approach. It's going to be simple for us but we're going to do it in a way that, you know, the other side's always kind of thinking like, okay, what are they going to do next?
2: Uh, and you said that you've got some time to put together um, your staff, yep. but what does your, what does your summer look like right now with the, with the players and what your role is now as a head coach here?
4: Yeah, we're getting right after it. Uh, Monday, we're, uh, we call it the commitment run. We're going to run up to the MC. It's uh, looking a little dated. we got to shine that thing up. So all the kids are going to carry some white rocks up there. And uh, we'll have a good talk up there about kind of the culture that we want to set. The kids themselves, again, which I love, it's, it's player-led. The, coach, or the, the players themselves came up with their own motto and kind of slogan that they want this year to be, and it's new breed, which, you know, Mustangs, I love it. And uh, so we're, we're embracing that. It's a new time. It's a new breed. It's a new new uh, year for Mountain Crest, and so yeah, we're getting right after it. We got seven on sevens right right off the bat. We got one down in Idaho West Side next week. We're going up to Weber State, going to Utah State one. We're trying to get some of the valley schools here together to do one. So yeah, seven on sevens. We got a camp uh, June fourteenth. Our own team camp. We're just going to stay here, and really kind of you know install our own stuff and get to work and. uh we're finishing that. We're going down to Taylorsville, playing some 5As and seeing, seeing where we stack up after a couple of weeks of work. So, yeah, we're getting after it in June. July will slow down a little bit, and honestly, we're also going to have a lot of fun. I told the guys, like, football should be fun. It's a kid's game, and uh, I want to make sure that we are together as a team. So we, we've got some fun stuff planned as well, just team events. Um, we are gonna we got a camp out planned up at uh, Black Fork. I've got the movie theater rented out. We're gonna go see the new Thor movie opening night as a team. <laughs> nice. We got the it. we got the swing pull for a day. So, anyways, just some team stuff to again get that bond going, and the, which is needed again for a team that third coach in three years, a lot of instability, and we want some some. I know it's cliche, but we want that family atmosphere at Mountain Crest.
2: Coach, last question for me. Uh, you you mentioned that uh, you had some teaching duties. At big piney to wrap up before you could transition here will you be teaching we have a, a teaching role at mountain crest yes i
4: will be in the classroom uh i will be in the weight room i've got a couple weights class and then i also have social studies composite so i'll have a couple of history classes over there as well with the kids
3: coach last question for me um
4: there is
3: people listening who obviously we talked about you know we're a valley where you know, the, your longest road trip during um, region play might be 25, well, probably 30 minutes, depending on what road you take, I guess. But um, if you had one message for Mountain Crest fans, players, students, and or spectators, what would it be as you get ready?
4: Uh, you know, I told the kids, this program and everything I do, it's going to be for them. Uh, this is not for me. This is not for the alum. I'd love for, obviously, them to be involved, but this is going to focus on the kids. Everything we do is going to make it so this is the best experience that these kids can have, having fun, learning some life lessons, and winning some football games while we're at it.
2: Coach Ryan Visser, thanks for coming down, and uh, thanks for surviving Angels Landing. Did you did you actually hike Angels
4: Landing or did you just buy the shirt? <laughs> oh, my wife's going to yeah have a good one with that. So we brought our two kids. We got a 2-year-old and a 1-year-old. And I didn't know, but Angel's Landing, you have to have a permit now. So <laughs> oh we showed up, and I wanted to do it, but you have to have a permit. And so we did not do Angel's Landing, but um, I will do it, I promise.
3: <laughs> then you can wear the shirt back here. <laughs> yeah, 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 then you can justify the shirt. No, now you can
4: wear the shirt on the hike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
2: there you go. Well, Coach, thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks for coming down to the studio. Welcome back to Cache Valley, and best of luck at Mountain Crest.
4: Hey, thank you guys, and uh look forward to you guys covering Mountain Crest.
2: All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, uh, we'll continue the football talk. Athlon Sports has put together their all-Mountain West team for the preseason. How many Aggies are on that list, and are they appropriately placed? We'll dis- we'll discuss that
1: coming up next in the Full Court Press. You lead a busy life. When do you have time to get your vehicle serviced? Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan can help. They're now open on Sundays to better serve you. If life is too hectic during the weekdays and Saturday is crazy like normal, go see them on Sunday. Get your oil changed and they'll also check other fluids and recharge your AC. Stay in your car while their trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Open seven days a week across from Angie's.
4: elements has delicious lunch specials two for $30 or the new soup salad and bread special for just $10 It's tasty and quick elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch wood fired pizzas are an excellent choice
2: that include barbecue chicken and the bees knees the fresh battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit and don't forget the fan favorite Munster burger casual or professional open Monday through Thursday 1130 to 8pm and Friday and Saturday 1130 to 9pm visit the elements restaurant.com for reservations today. This is Jay with Daryl's Appliance. We want to celebrate Father's Day with a special contest just for the dads. Bring your ugliest tie to Daryl's for the chance to win a DJI Mini 2 drone. Stop
1: in, leave that ugly tie, and you might win. Ties will be accepted through June 12th. Voting online for the ugliest tie will go from June 12th through June 18th. We'll announce the winner on Father's Day, June 19th. Happy Father's Day and good luck. Daryl's Appliance, West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday.
0: This is Ryan at My Mattress. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with online bed in a box mattresses. If value is the combination of price and quality, these beds are not a good value. They cost about $1,000 and they last about three years. That's not a very good ratio. At My Mattress, you can get a $799 Sealy Posturepedic that will last you 10 plus years. The best value is at My Mattress.
1: Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? You've probably heard of the four C's of diamonds. We at Needham Jewelers are now proud to introduce the fifth C, confidence in your jeweler.
2: When you come into Needham's, you'll be served by our educated and helpful sales consultants who will guide you through a comfortable diamond buying experience. We grade our diamonds with the highest standards of ethics. We invite you to come experience what it feels like to shop a store where you can have confidence in your jeweler. Monday through Saturday,
0: 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Avoid the stress of renting a shampoo machine and cleaning that dirty upholstery yourself. This is dialed with ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry's hot carbonated extraction process
4: will make any piece of furniture in your home look close to brand new again. Sofas, love seats, recliners, or even car seats. ChemDry of Northern Utah is happy to clean your carpets, but don't forget about making sure everything in your home is the cleanest, healthiest environment for your family.
3: The
0: Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390
2: AM. The Fan. At Mountain West Motor, every truck and SUV is unique and has been customized. So you'll be able to speak. So you'll be ready for your next adventure. So you'll be equipped with all the right gear, whether that's traction boards, rooftop tents, racks, outdoor jacks, and more. Go check it out, the new uh, Mountain West Motor at 615 North Main in Logan, or check out their inventory online, mwmotor.com. Well, that was a lot of fun. Having Coach Visser.
3: Yeah, it's always – I mean, we are a very – I mean – at least I am, but I think Cash Valley shares the same viewpoint that we love high school sports. I don't know if there's any community that uh, loves high school sports more than we do, and so to have him on and be able to let our listeners meet him and meet him ourselves, I'm I'm pretty excited for that and to to see to see what he's able to accomplish this next season.
2: Yeah, really excited to see that the love his passion um, and be trying to connect with that community and recognizing Mountain Crest's history uh, and uh, trying to restore it to uh, some of the experiences that they've had in the past. So uh, excited for them to see how that goes. And, you know, it's interesting. He mentioned something about uh, rumblings about 4A. I've also heard various forms of of rumors about what might happen with 4A. Um, And uh, each rumor seems to be a little bit different but this summer, there will be a reclassification that will take place. They redo it every two years. Now, it's not going to affect how things play out this upcoming year,
3: but it could change things in the two years after that. I, I think, too, you know, one thing that I find interesting is that it's always um, – there's always rumblings, and I always think it's interesting how they time the release of the new um, – the new boundaries and the new classifications. And they do it pretty quietly on the state's websites. I remember two years ago when they did it, um, you know, it it was pretty sly what they did. They just uploaded it and you have to go under press releases on the UHSAA and they don't publish it. They just do it really quietly. But it seems right around, um, you know, January or February, right when region basketball is getting started for the school year previous to when they're when it's actually going to take action is when they uh, um, release those. So those will be interesting to to have up and coming. I know we've had multiple conversations on on the fan about you know is it really you know I think we have what thirteen teams or something like that. So yeah. wh- you know we talked about having well representation of of um, you know of of Cash Valley in in state um, finals and whatnot there's a pretty good chance there's always at least this year um uh, until they reclassify that cash valley makes it into the top four and top two and and even a champion just because of the not very you know five out of 13 chances you know become cash valleys when as far as representing cash valley in in that championship game so you know interesting you know way to do things but uh Will you? It'll be interesting to see how things shake out,
2: right? Because I know there's uh, there's growth. This continues to happen around here. I know there's um, some uh, bigger uh, neighborhoods being built, uh, currently being built, and plans to be built in Nibley, uh, Millville. I know there's some big development going on in Hiram, not far from the high school, and so multiple
3: developments in Hiram. Yeah, I know there's a big yep. development planned in Smithfield near the area where this new temple is supposed to be built. And now right behind Greenville in North Logan, that's um, Hidden Valley Ranch. I think uh, – I can't remember. Oh, Olo um, Builders is doing that development right so there. So
2: how that affects enrollment and classifications – and this has been a problem before with Logan is they're more landlocked. Right. Uh, that they it's They don't quite expand like the other schools do. Uh, with their enrollment, but there are some significant uh, housing projects being uh, uh, planned and proposed and underway in Logan City as well. So uh, how that affects enrollment, what their cutoffs are, I don't know. Do there's they... a lot of rumors that are out there, and I'm not going to speculate on what some of those are, right. uh, how good or, or not good those may be. But um, suffice it to say, there's they're, they could keep the region as it is. But there's chances that some schools might move up and some might move down.
3: And I would be, I want to be surprised if, you know, I actually have two comments. I would to be surprised if a lot of these s- kind of stay, but maybe all move up to 5A, except maybe possibly Logan. But I guess my question to you is, do you know when they're making the decisions on? Do they take the announced developments into speculation when, or is it just the current? enrollment they
2: look at what is your current enrollment not projected mm. but what's your current enrollment on this date okay and then that's how they kind of classify now i think they do try to consider because there's there usually are some teams that are on the bubble could you move up do you keep them up with the other teams in that classification or do you move them down because some schools might say look we have the, the student population but we don't have the athletic participation mm-hmm. so it makes more sense that we drop a classification versus the others so there is some wiggle room with some of those schools that kind of fall in that gray area that could go up or could go down oh so, the more you know so uh don't know when that's going to happen but uh, or when it will be released i should say but i from what i understand those are things that are they are looking at uh, hopefully things stay as they are. It's been awesome having all of these schools in the same region, and it makes for great rivalries, easy to get to every game, and uh, I hope there's some way that that can uh, you know what maintain I love? going forward. You know what
3: I love, Eric? I can During when region play gets into effect, I can leave work at 5 o'clock during basketball season, and I can make it to a JV game that's tipped off at 5.15 and watch JV and varsity because, you know, our region's so close. So I... I hope that they keep the region the same, even if that means moving a bunch of other schools possibly to 5A or whatever. But I, I'm with you there. So, All
2: right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, uh, some Utah State athletes on the All-Mountain West team from Athlon Sports. Who's on the list? And uh, should, have, should some have been a little bit higher on these All-Mountain West conference teams? We'll discuss that coming up next in the Full Court Press. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on.
1: Summer is just around the corner. Don't crank up your AC unit before getting it serviced. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning is the team you should call for quality, on time service. If your system needs replaced, think York. York has the best warranties in the business with affordable financing options. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning at 752 7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI. Online at advancedheating ac.com. Comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air.
0: talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, Napa Auto
2: Parts has the items that you're looking for and the parts you need, use, and rely on every day. And they've got some of those hard-to-find items. Go check it out at their five stores located between Preston and Providence. That's Napa Auto Parts. Okay, so Athlon, Athlon Sports put together their all-Mountain West preseason team. And Utah State had 12 selections. Now they had uh, how many different teams? Four different teams? Yeah. First team, second, third, and fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yes, fourth. So Utah State has 12 selections, 12 guys that made the list, two on the first team, Alfred Edwards, Hunter, Stephen Cotsenly. Uh, Two on the second team, Logan Bonner and uh, Calvin Tyler Jr., running back. Three on the third team, offensive lineman Chandler Dolphin, wide receiver Justin McGriff, junior defensive end Byron Vons, and four on the fourth team with uh, wide receiver Brian Cobbs, uh, defensive tackle Hale Matuapuaka, graduate senior safety Hunter Reynolds, and inside linebacker A.J. Vongpachan. So I'm really surprised that Brian Cobbs especially is on the fourth team. That dude's going to – he's, at the end of the year, could be a first-teamer the with his talent and his skill and ability. Uh, and I'm a little surprised that A.J. and Halle are on fourth team and they're not higher on the list.
3: Yeah, I – I'm kind of surprised Utah State didn't have more representation. But before we get into that, um, I really want to just say congratulations to everybody who did make the teams who who were on here. And uh, very, very good for them. And congrats to the people who did make it on.
2: Yep. Go check it out. Uh, It's on cashvalleydaily.com if you want to see that list. Uh, Hey, thanks again to Ryan Vister for joining
1: us. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. If you wanted to know what direction the NBA is headed, Game 1 of the NBA Finals last night was a pretty good indicator. The Celtics and Warriors combined for 86 three-point attempts. Both teams managed to shoot over 40% from downtown. When a game comes down to the three, the Warriors typically have the advantage. But last night, Celtics beat Golden State at their own game. Boston survived an incredible first quarter by Steph Curry. Curry and the first with six three-pointers made, but the Celtics didn't blink. The team fired back with a fury of threes that eventually led to a Boston victory. Shooting over 50% from three-point range on the road going to be difficult for the Celtics to maintain. But you have to keep in mind Boston's impressive performance came in spite of Jason Tatum's off night. And if the Warriors thought guarding the Celtics was tough, a locked-in Jason Tatum is going to make the Warriors' path to another title that much tougher. I'm Dan Patrick and misses above the noise.